was her name. He and Alonzo Walling met her at the train. That night a plot unfolded, poor Pearl lost her life. Scott and Alonzo both hung for that cry. A very ghoulish day to every single one of you guys. Thank you so much for stopping by and making me Paranormal Prowlers podcast part of your day. Those tunes that just went through the old ear vessels. Well, that, my friends, is from Bobby Mackey, courtesy of Bobby Mackey. And I am your host, Tessa Morrow. Now, you know, the next few days I'm going to be way up in the mountains where, <laughs> internet, what's that? However, I didn't want to skip a week. I know in the podcast world, some people do that, and that's quite okay. But I just like, I haven't skipped a week yet, and I don't want to start now. So I'm going to talk a little bit about Tombstone. I was just there, just got back late last night, and oh my God, had an absolute blast. But before I do, I do want to do an update. So... We did a bonus episode, as you know, and it had to do with a missing man named Bradley Sanford. Well, David just let me know this morning that sadly, Bradley is no longer missing. He has been found. May he rest in peace. My, my thoughts really do go out to him. And I want to thank all of you who listened to that episode and any prayers, thoughts that went the children's way anything like that if you shared the poster thank you so much it just means so much to david and his family and now they just need to figure out what happened to him so at a later day i will i am planning to having david on so there we go and uh he could talk more about his experiences and maybe even a sweet story about his brother bradley so rest in peace bradley sanford you will be missed tombstone I, as you can tell, I, you know, my episodes, many are about Tombstone, you know, the Boot Hill, the Watton Tarbell. I, I have just so much love for that place. I don't know what it is about some places like that. The old West towns, the old ghost towns, you just go there and you feel like you're walking back into time. Like serious, oh, seriously, it's just amazing. So... The trip lasted three days, right? And I haven't gone through any of my evidence yet or anything, but I had a few kind of interesting things kind of take place during the trip. So the the first day was kind of just driving. We did go through Madrid, New Mexico, which all you wild hog movie lovers, that's where it took place. And it was kind of cool just kind of seeing where it was filmed. And Maggie's Diner, here's a fact, Maggie's Diner actually was built for that movie. It never was a diner, never was a restaurant, never served food ever. And so... It even says, not a restaurant, we're a gift store. And they do, they have a lot of cool, neat little things about wild hogs there, from movie posters to just everything. So anyways, um, after Madrid, hung out with a very near and dear friend of mine, Kari and her sweet husband. She was actually on one of my New Orleans episodes, and she's very near and dear to me. Love that woman. So the next day, the second day, we end up going 
to Bisbee first because Bisbee's also been a place that I wanted to go to. And you know what's really interesting? The Bisbee Massacre, okay? That's where it all started. The man who, he, he got legally hanged, Red Sample, and he's the one who attached to me. Again, episodes three and four, check it out if you haven't already. But you'd think something like that, like a massacre happened in the small town. I'm not talking about regular little Bisbee. I'm talking about old Bisbee. You know, you go through the town of Bisbee and then you see the historic Bisbee where, you know, it feels like you're walking back into time. And that's the place that I'm talking about, my friends. And so it was really interesting to me because every store I went into, which were, it was a few of them. I went into several of them actually. And I asked every person that worked there, Hey, can you tell me where the Bisbee massacre took place? You'd think there'd be like a monument or a memorial because several people did lose their lives, uh, including a police officer and a pregnant woman and several other people. It was very, a horrible thing that happened that day. And Nobody knew. They they heard of it, obviously, but they're like, oh, I think it just took place all over town. No, it didn't. It happened at one general store and people were coming out from across the street from other stores and saloons and stuff. And that's how they got shot. But it happened in one area. And so anybody from Bisbee who knows where the Bisbee massacre took place, please give Tessa a holler at paranormal.prowlers.podcast at gmail.com really would appreciate it. I didn't think it would be that hard to find, but it, it was. Yeah. So after Bisbee, well, actually before Bisbee, we hit up Geronimo's monument where he surrendered and then it was Bisbee. And then folks, we went to Tombstone and I just need to give a shout out real quick to two businesses that if you're ever going to Tombstone, we did it through Airbnb, but I'm sure you could do it online or whatever. But Airbnb was like, very quick. So the first place I want to just mention real quick is the historic San Jose house. That place was so awesome. We stayed just one night, wish we could have stayed longer because it was so cool. And literally it's right across the street from Allen street and Fremont street. You know, the main places you want to go to, if you are in tombstone where everything is, you know, stones throw from Birdcage and Watt and Tarbell and all those places, the okay corral. And it was so sweet. Each room was named after somebody who stayed there or somebody, you know, that was in tombstone. So as mentioned before, ours was Charlie storms who was shot and killed by Luke short. And it was really a neat, cozy place. It really was. And then the second place was the Bordello. And that's kind of by like a little like RV park and trailer park. But the Bordello was there first. And I wish they would have just, you know, took the trailer park somewhere else. But that is a neat little area. The guy was super accommodating. He was very sweet. Now, just it is about like six blocks away which isn't too terribly bad, you know, from all the area that you would probably want to go to. But we did just take our car, just like, you know, find parking and stuff. But, you know, the guy was so sweet and accommodating and he even made cookies for us. He baked cookies for us. Like how freaking sweet is that? So anyways, just had to give a shout out to the San Jose house and the Bordello. Anybody who is going to Tombstone, you should check those rooms out. Check it out. Stay there. It's just a super neat place. So with that being said, our 
experiences there were pretty neat the you know and it was just so funny it seems like we didn't sit down to take a break those places (laughs) we we slept in those rooms but we didn't spend time in them at all we were on the run and it was kind of funny because my friend hollywood stuntman rick mccallum he always every time i use my voice with him he's like ah don't scare me he said that you need to run into this guy you need to find him. His name is Josh Holly, and he's a really cool dude. You know, he would be on your podcast probably, whatever. And I'm like, okay, Rick, you know, like I'm going to like run into this like person or whatever, you know. So we go into the epitaph and we're just um, hanging out. I'm looking at some books and I pick one up and I'm like, I, I look over and um, I put my things down and I'm like, how funny is this? And I tell the guy who's behind the counter and I was like, this is hilarious. And he's like, what? And I said, my friend told me that I need to run into this Josh Holly dude. And look, here his book is that I'm about to buy. And I was like, do you by any chance know Josh Holly? And he's like, yeah, I do actually. And I said, well, where could I find him? He's like, right in front of you. Here I am. It's me. And you just kind of love when that happens because literally besides like, you know, we dropped our car off at the San Jose house and then we walked across the street and that's the first place we went into first local first person we talked to and it's the person that I was looking for you know and so I thought that was really really cool Josh if you're listening thank you for your hospitality and actually Josh was awesome I bought one of his books but he has several books and I asked him hey I have books in my car do you want to do a tradesies for one of your books He's like, yeah, sure. And so we did that. And I'm really looking forward to um, reading his books. And I am looking forward to having Josh Hawley on at some point, which he will be for sure. We we got each other's info and we're going to be keeping in touch here. But I just thought that was really, really funny stuff. Like, you know, out of like all of Tombstone running into the one person, you know, and I didn't know him or anything. So I thought that was kind of kind of cool for sure. And so I took a lot of videos. And so as I'm talking about a couple of these things, I might like play a little reenactment video for you just so you could get in the mood and get amped up. Yeah. Love Tombstone. See, (laughs) I'm getting amped up just talking about it. Seriously. No joke. So I have to say four years ago when I went, I went to Big Nose Kate's saloon to have a drink and I know I may have mentioned this before, but we know Kate was Doc Holliday's lady, right? Like probably like common law wife, if you will. Well, and she didn't even really have a big nose. I don't know where the name came from or why, but as a child in school, I had a couple bullies, some assholes who were just like, just like worthless. You know, I'm not even going to mention their names because it's not worth the spit to say it, but they would call me Big Nose and it really, really bugged me. Like that's a horrible name, you know, it's like, (laughs) and so anyways, that's what attracted me to go to Big Nose Kate's saloon. And so I went there, 
had a blast. There was this guy there. He was an older gentleman musician and he would like sing and, oh, they would bring him whiskey and he would down it like it was water and, and he would start singing again. And then he would like, you know, make little jokes and people were loving him and laughing and stuff. And he's older. And so I was thinking, geez, you know, like I doubt he's going to be around anymore four years later. When I walk in, I hear a voice singing and no shit, it's him. And he is so hilarious. And so I just want to play a little part. It was funny because I was actually videotaping him and he was like, oh, you're going to probably put that on Twitter or whatever you call it, huh? Twitter taking a shitter. And he was, he was so fucking hilarious. So anyways, let me just play a bit for you. Here we go. And oh, by the way, this is my special what is Twitter song. So, you know, he doesn't just play that for everyone, you know. Here we go. just really hilarious he probably had like eight shots of whiskey in like two hours we were there and he was still going like strong and I remember that last time I was there too just really a funny guy and Big Nose Kate's Saloon is the area you guys where four years ago back in it was either June or July that I went downstairs to communicate with the Swamper which now I heard from several people that he was an actual like his spirit's not good. And I didn't know that going in. And they warned me, leave him alone. He will attach to you and stuff. And so that kind of made me nervous. Anyways, that's where I got my two EVPs of a man whispering Wyatt Earp. And no, 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 I'm not claiming that was Wyatt Earp, but that used to be the Grand Hotel where Wyatt Earp and the, the Clantons and McClary's and Doc Holliday and all the Earps, that's like that was the place to go to. Like, think of your town and think of, like, the nicest hotel back in the 1800s. Everyone was there, right? And so, who knows? And I, I, I didn't even mention Earp at all. And so, to this day, that still really amazes me. So, one of the nights, we went to the birdcage and done an episode on that before, too. You should check that out. That's a good one. Got a lot of stuff four years ago. It was a lot more active when I was there four years ago, but there's still some stuff going on. When we went there, there were about seven of us. So it wasn't like a huge group, thank God, right? Like when you're going to these places and it's not like an investigation just for you and your team and there's other people involved. Like I find myself constantly going like whisper like so-and-so whispered or something, you know, just like totally debunk debunking shit. And so with this, it was a smaller group. And actually, truth be told, there were 
two girls and me, my friend Angie, and my boyfriend, and then a few other people. The few other people didn't say a single word throughout the investigation, like almost at all. So it was us asking all the questions and we were leaving pauses for answers and stuff and for other people to kind of jump in if they wanted. And so at one point, I asked, I said, hey, are there like, you know, any soil doves here? And again, haven't heard my evidence yet. So there might be EVPs. Stay tuned for that. It takes a while to go through all this stuff. But I have the periscope. It's like right next to me on the chair. And I ask if there's any soil doves here, you know, like prostitutes. And we're asking a few other questions and soil doves comes back up and all of a sudden the periscope, it just goes to the very highest amount of lights. And that's an EMF meter, electromagnetic fields. And I have to say real quick that, and you fellow paranormal investigators probably have done the same thing. I have several different EMF meters, right? I have the K2 meter. I have the Mel meter. I have the ghost meter. I have that I bought at Waverly Hills. I have several different EMF meters. Well, I like to test them out. So one time I did just that. I went to my microwave and I tested each and every single one out. And they all spiked up. The Mel meter went, the ghost meter went, the K2 meter went, everything went except for the periscope. The periscope does not give false readings when it comes to electronics and electricity and what have you, like your other EMFs. And I think that's really, really, that has to be mentioned because that's very important, you know, like, okay, so what's happening? And so I'm going to take us back four years when at Watt and Tarbell and a little child asked, um, we asked a little child, like we were asking questions and this woman was like, oh, well, a little kid's here. He always likes to, um, you know, mess with people's shoelaces. And I was wearing just like slip on shoes. So I said, well, jokes on the kid. I ain't wearing none. And just like kidding around. I wasn't being like, like, you know, rude or disrespectful or provoking, but I was just saying, you know, jokes on the kiddo. And so like two minutes later, if that, I feel a thwap on my shoe, not like super hard, like, ow, that hurt, but like, holy shit, that's awesome. You know, like very noticeable, like a little thwap. And then at the same time, the periscope goes off in my lap. So I thought that was really, really cool. Had a lot of neat things like that happen. And so then I grab $5, five singles. And I'm like, if you could make these light up, I will, um, they had a bunch of K2s on the table and then my equipment was on the chair next to me. And I said, if you could make any of these light up, please do it now and I will give you $5. And I waved my money around, you know, and um, for a soiled dove, they're kind of like, ooh, that's, mm, and I don't even have to give a lap dance. And so I'm like, come on, anytime now, ladies. And it starts to go off. And then all of a sudden, and I tell you, those dollar bills were on my leg for a good like five minutes. All of a sudden they get, and this is after the light went off and I didn't acknowledge the money at that point. And the money is still on my leg. All of a sudden I feel this like, whew, and the money gets thrown off my lap. 
off my leg. And so I thought that was really interesting. I kind of just laughed it off. Just like that. Got some looks. And, (laughs) you know, I was like, well, I am a woman of my word. So I left the $5 on the table. And so I just, uh, so that was one of the neat little things that happened. And so the next day I was really like driven to go to Boot Hill Cemetery. And I was like, I really want to bring a flower to Red Sample because I did promise him I would do that next time I visit, kind of as a peace offering. Like, okay, yeah, you made my life a living hell, but thank you for for backing off. I really appreciate it. And I do respect you no matter what you did back in the 1800s, right? And so I'm like, I'm going to... I wanted to go to Boot Hill. So I I went to all the gas stations. No, we don't have flowers. Oh, there's a flower store. You could go there. Well, that day happened to be a Sunday. They only did appointments. So I finally found a gas station that had wooden flowers. Really pretty, you know. So I bought two of them. I was going to keep one for me and I was going to get one for him. And we ended up just, we went to Boot Hill they said they opened at 8. It was already like 9.30. And it said be back at 10. So that kind of really sucked, right? So we go to stop at Wyatt Earp's old house. Now with me, I like rocks. I like to get rocks from different locations. And like it's a rock, right? It's not like gold or like a crystal or, you know, some 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 crazy thing. So I find two little rocks at the Wyatt Earp house. And outside, you know, I put them in my pocket and I think nothing of it. I go on with my day. We do a bunch of things. We go to Doc Holiday Saloon where, um, by the way, I had the best Bloody Mary I've ever had. Usually Bloody Marys to me are way too tomatoey. This one had the perfect amount of everything and they have their own like this chili water con- concoction that's made out of Bisbee. It, it was freaking phenomenal. It was the best bloody mary ever so if you're in tombstone you want a tip you want to have a good drink go to doc holiday saloon you won't be disappointed get a bloody mary awesome stuff anyways what happened was we 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 did a bunch of stuff that day we did a horse carriage ride we went to the okay corral gunfight reenactment we we did the oriental saloon reenactment show we just did everything. We ended up investigating Watt Tarbell later that night, the mortuary, which I'm going to talk about here in a minute. But before that, we, we just did a ton of stuff, right? And so, and I'm going to show some videos. I'm going to have you listen to some videos later on of some of the activities. So you could like, you know, partake in the tombstone love and fun, right? So we're at Watt and Tarbell and we're doing an investigation. It's just us. It's just it's this woman, Nora. I met her sister, Stacy, four years ago. And now I had the pleasure to meet Nora. Both sisters are awesome. And there was, a, in addition to Nora, there was Siri. And they're, like, associated with the mortuary, right? They're not, like, you know, people just coming in like, like me. And then there's another woman, Amy, and she was the one who was filming. So they're doing, like, this kind of, like, filming for a paranormal show there. And so you might see this mug. You guys, there's a reason I do podcasts, so you don't need to see this ugly mug. No way to not be scared. 
<laughs> yeah, I cracked myself up. I'm sorry. But anyways, so who knows? We might be on. We might not be. Not expecting much. But if it does happen, that would be a cool thing. So anyways, we're there. We're hanging out. And we're investigating. So literally, it's just Nora and Siri. And then it was me and Angie and my boyfriend, who is a skeptic, but he was open-minded. And he usually doesn't partake in investigations. But since my birthday is just like kind of like, you know, a few weeks away, I told him, please, pretty please do this for me. And he did. Didn't do birdcage, but he did want Tarbell. So that was kind of cool. So, you know, it's interesting because that day I was having a hard issue with breathing and it wasn't like before with my attachment. It just like, it almost felt like, I don't know like how it would feel if you had tuberculosis, but every time I try to take a deep breath, it almost like tickled and I would cough and <laughs> like, you know, like really weird. But basically I, I was good. I didn't even have to hit, take a hit of my inhaler for my asthma. And so I was feeling great, but they have like resident spirits there and they're kind of like, Nora's like, you know what? I've been here for years and something's off. She's like, I think somebody, something came with you. And we're just kind of like, okay. And she's like, where did you go? And I'm like, oh boy, <laughs> you know, well, first of all, we did this, this, and this, and this. And we did the courthouse and went to the gallows. I mean, and I forgot to mention that earlier, but we did. By the way, a side note, at the gallows, I did pick up like a rock that was underneath the gallows. And usually when I pick up a rock and I take it, I don't feel like I'm doing anything wrong because it's just a rock, right? But I all of a sudden felt like I was being watched. And I'm not saying it was by like a spirit, like a ghost was watching me or something. But I just felt like I was being watched. And I felt wrong in taking it, but I, I don't know why, but I still took it. And again, it was outside. It's not like it was in the gift shop or, you know, like, you know, this huge historic monument piece or whatever. But it was just like a little rock. So I put that in my purse and I, you know, mose, I mosey on. Well, when we're at Watt and Tarbell, we're listening to the spirit box. And I forgot what kind of spirit box they have, but it's a fancier version. It's way better than the SB7 and, you know, all the others. And I remember that from four years ago when they were using it. And all of a sudden she's like, uh, she has me standing there and we're asking questions and she's asking questions based on me trying to figure out who it is that's with us. You know, like if I do, you have another attachment, like what's happening and boy, that would have been absolute hell. And so I was like, yeah, I'll, I'll go through the questioning and stuff. And so at one point this man comes through and he's like, pocket, pocket. And she's like, pocket? She's like, what does he mean by pocket? And at that point, I've already changed from my jeans and my cowboy boots that were killing my feet to sneakers and to my leggings. And so uh, I was like, well, I don't have pockets on me right now. But truth be told, I was at the Wyatt Earp house and I put a couple tiny rocks in my pocket. And she's like, oh, my God, you got to bring those back. You have to. And I said, well, and I'm not done yet. I was like, I also took a rock from the gallows. And I was like, but I put that in my purse. I didn't put that in my, in, you know, my pocket. And well, I guess I did put it in a pocket in the purse. I didn't think about that now, but she's like, I would return them both. I would do it, do it, do it. And so, and then it said, the same man came through saying, do it by sundown. 
I say, oh, shit, I think I'm about to, like, you know, shit's about to go down, right? And so we do. First thing in the morning, we drop him off. You know, now the courtyard where the gallow is didn't open for another several hours, and we had to get on the road. So I just went over, put him on the ground, and just said, okay, here, sorry about that. Like, you know, I'm, I'm leaving now. And actually, here's the video of that. Here's the audio of that. I actually recorded it. So this is me putting these rocks back. This is mine, the big one. This is Angie's. So it's not going to be over that. But there you go. It's offerings. Putting it back. Look. Back to the earth where it came from. Thank you. Sorry about that. Won't do it again. So that was at the gallows. And then here it is for Wyatt Earp. Turning these rocks to the Wyatt Earp house where they belong. Sorry about that. And so I was kind of like afterwards, I was like, oh, what a tattletale. You know, like I really wanted those rocks. Like I do. I have a rock collection. Like when we were in Norfolk at the cemetery in Virginia, it was like uh, we, a rock was thrown at us and nobody was behind us. Nothing. We, we looked in the area. There was nothing. I took that rock. I just have a collection of rocks and they're just kind of special to me. When I was at Bobby Mackey's, I took two rocks from where the railroad is right behind him. So I'm just a rock girl, you know, like every time I go to Creed, Colorado, I dig for rocks. I dig for amethyst and crystals where you find them all the time and, and you're able to find them. You're able, you know, you're allowed to do that. Um, that's where the mine used to be. So just really interesting stuff. But yeah, we had a few little things. And again, I'm sure we got some EVPs, but I haven't even heard a second of any of that stuff yet. I guess, you know, I asked her too, like, you know, what do what do I do about this? Because I really do like, I do like to get rocks and stuff from places that I investigate, you know. Nora said, well, honestly, I would probably... Just ask permission to say, hey, I'm going to take this if that's okay. Thank you so much. Or, you know, whatever. And again, Nora's another person next to Josh Holly that's going to be on. And Rick McCallum is going to be on too again pretty soon. So we'll see what happens. But I guess I could tell you guys that too, that if you go somewhere and you're like me, you kind of feel like you need to get something like, like a rock, you know, from an area. Please just... Be respectful about it and ask permission from the spirits. And um, it was just like, it was really loud and clear. So it's like, it kind of makes me think, wow, we did this at like nine in the morning. So like, and we did a shitload of stuff throughout the day. So like, was the spirit with us the whole time hounding us for those rocks? Then when he saw me grab one from the gallows, he's like, oh, what the hell? Hell no. What's going on with this chick? You know, what else is in that purse? And so it was just really, really interesting because that's the only thing I could think of with pockets. I didn't do anything else. I didn't have anything in my pockets. So that was pretty interesting to me. So before I go, I am going to just throw a couple little audio videos your way, a couple audios your way so you could get some tombstone love and some reenactment love. Here we go. Now this one was at the Oriental Saloon. I'll just throw a little bit out there for you. Well, it's my slaughterhouse. Fire! Oh! Come 
so that was at the Oriental Saloon, Doc Holiday, Wyatt Earp, and just really cool stuff. And it was neat just walking around town and seeing all the people in their reenactment clothing on, like totally ready to go. And that has to be such a fun job. So at one point, we're walking towards the Crystal Palace Saloon, about to have a beverage there, when all of a sudden, I see this man in front of me. And and he's wearing a shirt. And it's of a police officer. And in the distance, it looked like the retired police chief that was brutally murdered who was just trying to save his friend's pawn shop during all the protesting and stuff. And that always kind of really stuck to me, that story. And so I stop him and I'm like, hey, I really like your shirt because I thought it was like a memorial thing. And he kind of looks down and he's like, oh, ain't it great? <laughs> and he's like, D- do you know this line? And looking closer at the shirt, I'm like, okay, that's not David Dorn. That's something else. Well, it turns out, ladies and gentlemen, that I ran into an actor who was in National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. His shirt has the police officer. And on it, it says, that's pretty low, mister. If I had a rubber hose, I would beat you. And he's like, that's me. I'm that actor. I'm, that's me. And so he was so friendly and so sweet he was sweet as molasses i tell you and so we were i was like my boyfriend loves that movie so i was like oh my god come over here right now and so him and angie walk over because they had already gone across the street at this point and i was still on on the other side and so they come over and i tell them who he is and they see a shirt and it just like all laughs all around and so and it was sweet we talked for a good five minutes and he was really neat and it was cute because he's like when do you guys leave and we're like well we're leaving tomorrow early in the morning and he's like oh i'm so glad i caught you in time before you leave you know where right now in hollywood some people are pretty you know big and full of themselves and go oh it's an honor that you got to meet me before i leave and i'm not saying they're all like that obviously but yeah it was like he was happy that he got to meet us and that was so cool so at the end i asked him hey say that line and so this is this is the uh, audio of that. He was so sweet. Say it. I, I, that's pretty low, mister. If I had a rubber hose, I'd beat you. <laughs> <laughs> and it's so cute because his face, he was like, mm, yada. Like, he was really in character. Really, really cool guy. So you guys, you know, I will talk more about my EVPs at a later time from Tombstone when I find out more, but... If you're ever going in that area, check it out. And if you go through Bisbee, just another tip, do not go through regular Bisbee. I mean, you have to, but that's not the old Bisbee. So there we go. Did you enjoy this week's episode? Listen to the others, you guys. They are equally awesome. Haven't heard every single one yet? No need to cry, my friends. Just head on over to any podcast platform such as CastBox, Google Podcast, Pocket Cast, Spotify. You know what? Basically, wherever you may roam to listen to your others, you'll probably find Paranormal Prowlers Podcast. This week's special city shout-outs go to... Livingston, New Jersey. Omaha, Nebraska. 
Liverpool, England, West Des Moines, Iowa, and last but certainly not least, Port Charlotte, Florida. Thank you so much for listening, guys. Pleasure is all mine. You guys have anything you want to share, paranormal, supernatural, unknown, unexplained, please hit me up at paranormal.prowlers.podcast at gmail.com. Thank you and have a lovely day. See you next week. And again, I send my most sincerest thoughts, loving prayers, and comforting hugs to David Shoulders. And, of course, to his brother, who is no longer missing, Bradley Sanford. Rest in peace.